Against All Odds is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. It has great odds and markets for the NBA, the NHL, MLB, and so much more. Awesome new and existing user promotions. It's America's number one sports book. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. Now, winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. It's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. Discover the most popular same game parlays each day right when you log in. And if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code against all odds so they know I sent you. Against the Odds, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you with spaghetti and meatballs. They're fiddling with the knobs. Babyface Joel Solomon, he is producing this mess and joining me as always. My wizards of wagering, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Harry, Brother Bry, and Darren the Parley Kid. What is happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Hey, Sal. What's going on, buddy? We have so, so much to cover. I mean, I want to go over the NBA. I want to go uh, review the play-in from Tuesday night. We have games coming up Wednesday night. That's great stuff. We're going to focus on the USFL, though. Jeff Fisher is going to join us. He is the coach of the Michigan Panthers. USFL breakdown first weekend. We have four games on the docket. We're going to pick our winner to take down the whole thing. Also, Jeff Fisher, probably kid. Best mustache in football. When you think of mustaches in football, is Jeff Fisher number one? I'm trying to think. Um, I don't know. Ditka. Ditka's great. Yeah, right? yeah, like yeah. Ditka, yeah. Ditka for sure. Fisher yeah. two. Ditka one. Fisher two. Okay. You know, I guess Walter Payton had one. Joe Namath had one that Super Bowl year, right? Um, Gardner Minshew get. I think for the next ten years, yeah. is going to get it <laughs> where he bounces around. It's crazy. You, you ate one, Sal, like two years ago, right? I did. I ate Coach Wanstat's mustache. I lost uh, a bet on yeah, uh, Fox a, College football. He had a good one too. Yeah, I wish I could still do that and not have to pay actual money <laughs> and just eat mustaches now because I get. Uh, I'm getting crushed. But we'll get back to that. Hey, you know who didn't get crushed? Maybe you can give me a loan. Derek Carr, three years, forty million a year, brother. Bribe for your Raiders. Yeah. Not bad. That's good. Yeah, right? that's fine. That's fine. That's totally fine. That deal. I, I would have expected something like that. You know, three years. It pulls him out four years till he's thirty-five. That that totally makes sense for them. And th- this is the Raiders' window, right? They have a. They basically right now have a three-year yeah. window, and then we're we'll be back to being really terrible after that. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I know everybody hates. Uh, everybody loves Matthew Stafford, but this is a they're similar oh, quarterbacks. Yeah. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah. They're yeah. about this. I I, I look at fine. them. Yeah. Equals. Take that money. Yeah. Harry, you got something shitty to say about this deal with the Raiders? No, nah, just but Brian, this is this is your year. This better be the Raiders deal. All the me, all the moves they've made, the you know, uh Chandler Jones with, with t- teaming up with Max Crosby. It's gonna be amazing seeing how many sacks they get and just on the offense mm-hmm. getting uh and again, uh Carr with uh Adams when they played at Fresno that uh that one year he had the most receptions and 131 receptions for Fresno in that year when they played together. So this is a year, Brian. Yeah, well anything there they need go. a pl- a playoff win. A playoff one playoff win is is kind of a is a good season for them. Well, yeah. I feel like that Chargers game week 17, week 18, week 21, whatever the hell that last <laughs> regular season game was a playoff win. Yeah. But uh I, I like your team next year, Brian. Well, I'm sure I'm sure at some point hit AFC West uh Odds, but right now it's uh, we're going to talk NBA. We're going to talk USFL. Uh, I, I mean, I went three for four with my picks yesterday. Last night was crazy, right? Like, say what you will about the play-in tournament. Like, all right, the Nets Cavs wasn't crazy, but there were great storylines for that uh, Minnesota Clippers game. I was all over the Clippers, so I was pissed when they decided to not score at the end, the end of the first half, and the end of the game. I think they were a uh, 29-8 or something. They were outscored at the end. They, they just couldn't put it together. Uh, people were gluing themselves to the court, Parlay Kid. <laughs> fans going out there, you don't see that, gluing themselves to the court. No, that they was did it. Pure stupidity, but yep, it's all good. It was stupid, but I think I read something today that Adam Silver is looking at that, and he's looking at that as maybe a way to get the stars to play in the regular season. Glue, actually glue them <laughs> to the court, <laughs> and then they you have to what? show up. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right. Not bad, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was just a joke. I'm just joking. But I did go three for four with my picks. Uh, Patrick Beverly threw his shirt into the crowd after Minnesota won. I think he was excited that I cashed my Patrick Beverly under one and a half made threes bet. Uh, and he went crap. I mean, that's not how I would celebrate. But 
<laughs> boy, it was so weird. I don't know. I, I, I'm taking a lot of shit on Twitter. Like, oh, let Minnesota celebrate. They hadn't done it in 18 years. I'm like, I guess I have no problem with the fans doing it. That's great. It's probably the end of the road. Let them celebrate. They don't have a lot to celebrate for. But when the players who really didn't contribute, when Carl Anthony Towns, who mm. was three for 11 and fouled out way, way early in the fourth, is making out with his girlfriend, wife, I don't know who that was, on the court. And Patrick Beverly, who, what was he, three for 11, the two for eight, uh, made half his free throws and, uh, and, and wave. I, I don't know. I just have a problem. It's like, yeah, that's right. You don't come in our. I was like, what the hell did you do? I don't even know how you won. They won 109-104, Harry. And it was the play-in game. Not even a playoff series. The yeah. play-in game. Relax, Patrick Beverly. You've been there before with the other teams that you played with the Clippers over the years and making to the Western Conference Finals. It's a play-in mm-hmm. game. Relax. Let's see what happens now. Yeah. I think, I don't know if Max Crosby, and we talked about this game just a minute ago, Bry, was doing like snow angels in the end zone after the Raiders beat the Chargers in, uh, you know, at the very end there. Would you be? I don't, I don't, I don't know how I'd feel about this, but... Good for the Minnesota fans, I guess. Uh, yeah, but it's it's tough being on like betting against Patrick Beverly in that situation, right? Because then you hated him even more, right? That last that yeah, last quarter, right. he was so frustrating. I was getting underneath everybody's skin, especially mine. So it was uh, that was frustrating to be on the other side. Parley kid, you didn't like that. No, I, I I like the fact that Minnesota won. I I I'm uh, I think they're son a, of a bitch. I think they're a, I think they're a yeah. fun young team to uh, so some people to latch on to. I. I, I you know they were certainly carried by Russell and uh, and Edwards though uh, Towns did not show up in that game. I mean he really didn't well, show up. He was terrible. He, he really terrible. Didn't. Absolutely didn't terrible. Ed- Edwards was great uh, and Edwards, but uh, well I'm not even going to tell you how much now I have riding on the Clippers because I had the Clippers. <laughs> I forgot I had the Clippers to make the playoffs. I had I had the Pelicans and Spurs to not make the playoffs oh, on a big thing, and I'm like and I'm looking at it. I'm not, I'll tell you guys after the podcast how much I stand to lose on the Clippers in this one game. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. Well, are they going to be like a four? Well, they, you know, I guess they'll be like a six-point favorite if they go against the Spurs, right? Three or four against the Pelicans? Oh, well, I mean, the Pelicans are five and a half against the Spurs, right? So Clippers will be even more. Um, even more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. You can so cover yourself, right. Sal. Yeah, you well, cover yourself. Sal, you put in this Clippers bet yeah. when, when, though? A lot, a lot. Well, I have a, some were preseason, and then I did Nets and Clippers. to. I'm like, I'm just going to get them to advance to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll probably win Tuesday night. I won't have to worry about it. I wasn't worrying about it when they were up nine with six minutes left. And then, you know, of course, someone finds out I bet them. And that was that. But uh, the Nets took care of business. They didn't cover because they were a favorite at home. And that just doesn't happen. But they won 115, 108. Kyrie 34, Durant 25. I don't know what we want to say about this. They didn't cover. They led for, uh, by about 10 most of the game, right? Um, late. And now Brooklyn, Boston. Did I misreport that line? I feel like I saw a line where Brooklyn was uh, a slight favorite. And now Boston's minus 142, right, Brian? Yeah, Boston's favored. So, yeah, I don't know what where we saw that last night, that different line, right? I might have made that up. I don't know what happened. Uh, on the other side, uh, Memphis is a minus three. Th- I'll pass on that series. Mm-hmm. Barley kid, you have a, uh, a feeling for that? Memphis is minus three no, I, against I, Minnesota. I, I boy, if, if I'm rooting for anybody in this uh, these playoffs, it's Memphis. So um, I got money okay. on them to win the whole thing at very friendly uh, odds. So um, I, I that's um, I, I don't think I'm going to touch that series, but uh, yeah. I do have money on them anyway to win the whole thing. And we're going to go uh, Friday. We'll be back. We're going to have, uh, well, BJ Armstrong is on. Um, Hopefully we get the chat for him for a couple minutes, but uh, we're going to go over all the uh, series. I'm going to go over our picks and we'll have the Friday games, which we know is uh, the Clippers against the Spurs Pelicans winner and the Cavaliers against the Atlanta Charlotte winner. And those games are tonight. And let's hit those right now. Atlanta six two thirty five against Charlotte. Uh, I'm going Hawks here. I mean, I read that Trey Young stat the other day that I mean, they should make a bigger deal out of that, that only two players in NBA history have led in points scored and assists. Uh, that's not points per game and assist point game. Uh, that's total in totality points and assists. And Trey Young is one of them. Tiny Archibald is a second. He's phenomenal. Um, Hawks since March 25th, seven and two, seven and two yeah. against the spread, a point differential of 10 a game. Trey Young scored 30 a game in that span. 
Um, and then I should mention the home teams in the play-in tournament. We went over this, Harry. Seven and one. Seven and one, the home teams are. Uh, there you go, 118 to 107. That's the points per game against uh, versus opponents' points per game. So I'm taking Atlanta. I'm laying the six. I don't like the way Charlotte has played defense. Um, Paulie Kidd, you're with me with the Hawks. I'm with you, Sal. And let's fit, listen. You know we have an, a very vested interest in the Hawks. Yeah, we can't take Charlotte winning <laughs> yeah. this series. So uh, winning this game, not this series, the game. We have a pain in the ass friend who's a huge Charlotte fan. Why? We have no idea. He's on a separate text chain. And it's Charlotte, Charlotte, Lamelo, Lamelo. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So we can't afford to have Charlotte even play well in the first quarter. I don't think here. we cannot. <laughs> we cannot. Uh, yeah. So look, uh, Atlanta uh, over the last month of the season, I think. At least going back to the last 21 games, they're 14 and seven, which would have put them on, uh, you know, a pace to win uh, over 50 games this year, which is what I thought they were going to approach. A little disappointing, but they were they they were banged up. I think for the most part they're healthy. I think DeAndre Hunter makes such a big difference on this team. He's their X factor. He's a shutdown defender. Uh, at the Hawks, I think just playoff tested from last year. They want another run at it. I think they think if they can get into this thing, they can make another yeah. run. Uh, I don't think I don't think the Hornets are going to be the team that derails them here. I, I think they cover uh, this going uh, away late in this game. All right, yeah, and unlike the other the West game we previewed ahead of time for Friday, I think this would be a coin flip against the Cavs, uh, right, Brian? Is that what we figured out? Yeah, I think so. Depending yeah, on how it shapes up, but yeah. But if this is a yeah. blowout, if this is a blowout here, then the Hawks are going to be favored. I feel like Hawks are favored. All right, you and Harry are at odds with the total. Went down to two thirty-five. Brian, you like it under? Yeah, I actually love. I I know Harry's on the over here, but I love the under here. Um, it's an awfully high number, two thirty-five for a play-in game. You know, this isn't the regular season anymore. Defense is going to be played. Uh, we both, you know, we saw both games la- yesterday go under, right? And they would have gone way under if not for some late scoring mm-hmm. in that net game. You know, the Hawks last year in the Knicks and 76ers series played really well defensively. Um, but three of the four matchups this year between these two teams went went under. And actually, in fact, the last two went under by 18 and 29 points. So to me, this number's Whoa. to me this number is way too high, you know. And I think the Hornets will be a little bit nervous out of the gate in this one. So give me under 235. Harry's smirking right Sorry, now. Sorry, like, oh, wow, N- nice well, try, no. Brian. But I'm going to blow you <laughs> away with something from uh, 2003. Go ahead, Go ahead Harry. <laughs> that was the look, but no, I really not. But I, uh, but uh, but I. <laughs> <laughs> but I am going to go over to the 235 because the Hornets' last six games, 10 the season, their games averaged 245 points. Hawks, seventh best in field goal percentage in the league, Charlotte, sixth. And the Hawks, second best in the league in three point shooting. Trey Young's been on fire of late, at least three threes in 11 of his mm. last 12 games. And his last seven games, he's averaged 33 points a game. In the last three for LaMelo, uh, he's averaged 25 points, nine assists. I just think there's going to be plenty of points in this one in Charlotte overall all year long. Yeah, Brian mentioned those three uh, those three out of four games that went under, but all year long Charlotte's defense has been awful. No, are you right, are you of, nervous, yeah. Harry, about last night's game? That Clippers, well, that clip, uh, Clippers game like, way I, under. Well, right, I, I mean that was a new thing for Minnesota to be in that situation. But partly, kid, I, I like what Darren said about you know Atlanta. You know the experience they made the run last year, made the Eastern Conference Championship. Charlotte's been in this playing game too before. That was new new territory, new waters for. Uh, for Minnesota, I think uh, I just think there's going to be points here. It's new water, but it's ba- it's basically bath water is what it is. So <laughs> I don't know how we play this. All right, let's go to props. Uh, yeah, I went three for four. Damn it, Clippers! I could have gone four for four if you just held on. Um, PJ Washington, Kentucky grad. I'm just kidding. Nobody graduates Kentucky. PJ Washington. I'm going under ten and a half points minus one sixteen. Last three games, he's been under ten and a half every game. Uh, under 11, I guess I could say 10.3 is his average down from 11.8 average last year, uh, eight points in the play in game last year. I think he's just going to uh, less time for PJ Washington, fewer opportunities. I don't like him getting to 11 or a dozen points. Give me under 10 and a half parlay kid. Uh, how are you doing this? Why, why is this just an emotional hedge for? Yeah, it Mel kind of is. It kind of chain? is. And, and yeah. here's the damn thing though. I got screwed on my prop picks last night, yesterday. I don't know. I had Drummond over uh, 11 and a half rebounds. He had four in the first. He's sitting at eight 
um, in the third and didn't play the last 18 minutes of the game yesterday. No, and There's no rhyme or reason. He was playing excellent basketball yesterday. We too. can't figure out why, right? I don't That's know. Weird. Just, I don't know if they, I don't know if it was became, uh, maybe uh, there was a, became a matchup thing with the Cavs. Maybe the Cavs without me realizing it went more like they went with a small, smaller lineup, which facilitated the Nets using Claxton. In, yeah. But I didn't really get it because uh, Drummond was playing well. So I, I lost on that. And then I had Russell, over seven and a half assists. He has four at the end of the first. Mm. Uh, is five at halftime. Got one the rest of the way. So, but, but Paulie kid, what you got to do is you just got to change him up like but I did. did. I, had I know. Two, <laughs> I had two props and I just went completely opposite side. And I had Brown uh, <laughs> under rebounds Brown initially. And he ended up with nine. Good. I think, uh, yeah, Claxton went in and grabbed nine boards, was, which took away from your drum. And it was unbelievable. There. I really thought, like, at yeah. half of both games, I had it in those in the bag. 19 minutes. And I actually thought yeah. I had the Nets covering in the bag, too. So that, it, right. was, it was bad. Uh, I got no. Ball. They just have an agreement with the league where they can't. It, they just can't man, cover at home. You got to remember. Seemed, that, it yeah. seemed like they do. Uh, <laughs> ball over eight and a half assists at minus one thirty here. Harry kind of mentioned he's been averaging a lot of assists over uh, his last ten games or so. In fact, seven out of his last eight uh, has mm-hmm. have gone over eight and a half assists, nine plus a game uh, over the last uh, half month of the season, or almost the last month of the season. I think in this type of game. Uh, where it's going to be up and down. The pace is going to go play fast. Uh, I think Ball uh, will be a facilitator for a good part of it. We know he can score too, um, but mm-hmm. I still think he's one of the few past first point guards out right. there. Uh, I think they'd rather have him making getting other guys easy baskets. So um, I do think the Hawks win this game, but I think Ball still has, he shows up. He likes to, he likes the bright lights. I think his assist total is over the eight and a half. There you go. All right, Brother Bry. Capella. Yeah, I'm going with Harry's defensive player of the year, Clint Capella, over uh, 12 and a half rebounds. Um, I, you know, I think it's going to be tough for the Hornets to keep him off the glass. In two of the three meetings uh, this season that he played in, against the Hornets, he had 15 rebounds. The other game, he wasn't close, but it was a blowout win right. um, mm-hmm. for them. So, you know, he's had 13 or more in, uh, rebounds in four of his last six games. And that's even with reduced minutes because a lot of their games recently have been blowouts. Averaging over 12 and a half rebounds in his last nine games. Um, so I, I, I like the over 12 and a half here. They do have some fun. We really should probably look at some of those. They have some fun defensive ones too. Uh, like, you know, they ball over, you know, they have two or two steals, three steals, four steals. Mm-hmm. You can bet, you know, which is, oh, which is fun too. And some block stuff. On By it. the way, you're, you gave out Durant. We didn't put it on the graphic, but Durant too have a steal. What no, was that? Four a, minutes into a, the game? To have a block at minus to have a block. 170. Yeah. And he ended up with what? Four for the game, but he had that awesome one against, um, What's his name? Right. Marking and he had that huge block right away. So and I had a lot of money on that too. So I was uh, I was nice. nervous like three minutes into that game, but that happened quick. So that was nice. Send it to me. Send me your money. You and Derek Carr, <laughs> send me your money. Uh all right, Harry. Uh Trey Young can't be uh forgotten in this game. Well, that's a hefty assist total there. You're going over. It is. It's eleven and a half at minus one oh five, but he played two mm. games versus the Hornets this season. I uh, had mm. fifteen in both. Um, aside from the Pacers, the Hornets give up the most points in the Eastern Conference. I think it's going to make it easy um, for Young to slash the Hornets' defense for easy hoops, maybe dutching off to Capella or kicking it out to Hunter or something like that. I think over 11.5 is good. All right. You know, uh, Brian, I know you had you had Durant top scorer too yesterday, and Kyrie went crazy. I'm looking at top scorer for this game. Trey Young minus 145, LaMelo plus 420. I'm trying to figure out a way to... <laughs> well, don't uh, actually, bet, actually, bet them both. Actually, and then Terry Rozier is going to have like 27. Gar- Garland and Irving right. split it yesterday, too. They, they, oh, they, right, they, right, right. Garland, both, yeah, I didn't even look at they, the Cleveland side. They both side had 34. Yeah. At one point, I thought Kevin Love was going to win it. I was like, this well, is their odds. Yeah, right. Um, no, well, Kyrie was like plus 190, but um, Garland was what? Garland like, was 450. Wow. Yeah, a little bit higher. If you had Kyrie, that was bad though, Bry too. He, Garland scored five in the last seventeen oh, yeah, seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was getting some yeah. layups too when they were down like yeah. six. All right, let's yeah. look uh, at the nightcap. New Orleans the Pelicans five and a half point favorite. Two twenty four is the over under. I think that went down from two twenty eight uh, against the Spurs. You know, I said to myself, I'm not going to get too excited or lose too much money on the stupid game. There, th- these two teams are twenty four games under five hundred yep. combined. Right, the Spurs are fourteen under, Pelicans ten, something like that. 
And then I said, oh, wow, this is our race to 10 game. We're going to go live on Twitter and do race to 10. Of course, I'm going to lose a lot of money on it. I have to. <laughs> uh, do we want to do that now, Parlay Kid? Do you want to yeah. pick your, your pick? Yeah, right? Because you gave us, you picked Kansas. We got a little assist from Tate Frazier, who was a Carolina fan. He's like, I could see this being 10-4 early. Yeah. I don't even know if it was 10-4, but no, it was probably like 10 set, right? It was closer than that, 10, but five, we won that. You, you actually got uh, get credit for the pick, though. Keep it rolling. Who we got? Well, look, this is a uh, a battle of, oh, man, two two teams that probably don't deserve to really be in any type of game like this. You don't have to say probably. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, they don't. I mean, really, <laughs> well, it's, it's – uh, but there are some there are some there's some talent in this game though, Sal. Yeah. Um I'm gonna just go because because of just uh what we're dealing with here. Again, it's it's not an attractive game. I'm just gonna take the underdog. I'm going with the gut feeling here. I'm gonna take the the Spurs at plus one ten. Um All right. I looking back uh over the last several games, it was kind of um Get to 10 first, not get to 10 first. They kind of, you know, there's no there's no trend here zigzag, yeah. for the Spurs. Total zigzag. Uh, Pelicans. Well, kinda, what did they do last game, I guess, is the question then. Well, <laughs> uh, well, right. At the last game they did, they were. I think they were first to 10 in the last one. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, you got to also, well, we also remember right. the, the, the five games before that, Murray didn't even play for them. So you can't. Right. There's nothing to, you really can't go. There's no trend here. So I'm just going to go with a gut. Think that Popovich okay. has these guys ready to come out of the gate hard and fast, and they just get. I'll take the dog when it's kind of equal. Let's just take the plus one ten right. rather than the minus one forty here. Let's just roll with Good. the plus one ten. And that 110. game is nine p.m. Uh, nine thirty or nine on uh, on ESPN. I know uh, Eastern time. Nine oh, four and six thirty. Right is, that, is that what the games are? I think that's what it is. Uh, on the West. Yeah, Harry, who would you have taken there, Harry? Out of curiosity, who would you have taken? No idea, D. Man, no so, idea. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like the dog. I, I'll ride, ride the with the dog with you. Too. Let's go That's with the I'm Spurs. Yeah, Frankie, go. Why not? Tim let's Duncan. Go. Tim Duncan wins the tip. Let's We're go. Shape. Uh, Popovich, baby, Popovich. That's what there I'm. That's what uh, I'm saying. All right, saying. that's our. Our race to 10. Uh, we'll do that tonight. We'll play for someone too. 50 bucks. We'll get a, nice. a trivia question going. Babyface, think of a trivia question that someone can answer on Twitter and play along with us. It's a lot of fun uh, until it isn't, but we're going race to 10. Uh, and I'm going Spurs. I know I read you that stat with the home team and these games, these playing games are seven and one. Forget about everything I just said. Spurs the last 11 against the Pelicans, nine and two, nine and two against the number also. Uh, and they're one of the better spread teams this year. Uh, fourth in conference games, 31, 19, and two, and sixth as a road underdog, 19, 12, and one. I don't think this will get too out of hand. The Pels of the fourth lowest in uh, three point percentage. So maybe not too many points scored overall, but I'm going to take the uh, five and a half and ride with the Spurs. Yep. Parlay Kid, you're with me. I'm with you here, Sal. Again, the, the Popovich factor, um, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, we'll talk about some of their players with our props soon here. Um, yeah, so I'll just roll with the dogs. Like you said, th that's actually pretty impressive uh, how they've been against the spread this year. I do know yeah. that if I bet on the Spurs, to, if I had money on the Spurs two or three times this year, they hit mm -hmm. each time for me. I would tell you that. Uh, so, um, they, you know, I couldn't say the same for the Pelicans. So let's uh, let's take the Spurs. Let's just take the points here with um with a team that's been good against the spread. Yeah, there you go. And, and listen, I advise you to bet them uh, Friday against the Clippers. Well, <laughs> money line. You don't even have to go spread. Holy shit. <laughs> when you guys find out. All right. Uh, Brother Bry, Spurs. Yeah, also. I have Spurs plus five and a half. Even though I gave up New Orleans to advance yesterday, I do like the Spurs getting five and a half. I think you, you can get them at six and a half too at minus 122, which is which is good. Um, they mm -hmm. had success against the Pelicans all season. They they covered yeah. three, covered and won three of the four. I believe they've covered eight of the last nine against the Pelicans. Um, and then if you look back, just they've been they've been playing pretty well, at least against the spread wise. They've covered seven straight, covered yeah. ten of their last eleven games. Uh, you know, I like this. I kind of like this game also to go under. You know, um, I know Harry might Harry might have the opposite, uh, but I do think the Spurs have been playing well defensively. That's the one thing they've tightened up. Uh, later in the year. So I, I don't know. I wouldn't trust the Pelicans as this big of a favorite mm. in this type of game against Popovich. So give me the five and a half. Harry does not want to commit to a side tonight <laughs> as the over in the Hawks game he has the uh, over in this game. 
Had the over in the Minnesota game, which didn't come close. But I am yep. going to ride with the over here again, too, at 224. Last two road games for the Spurs landed 248 versus Minnesota, <laughs> 250 versus Dallas. There we go. Listen, Santa, listen there's 22. Another Kentucky kid, Sal. Keldon Johnson. Yeah. Um, averaging another 20, graduate. 17. No, yeah. Graduate. Yeah. And average 17 <laughs> points a game. Has scored in the 20s in nine straight games. Pelican games, last four games of the season. Average 236. And they gave up 141 and 128 in their last two games to Memphis and Golden State. More importantly, Memphis shot 59% for the game. Golden State shot 61% for the game. A lot of easy hoops here. Maybe for San Antonio, I'm going over 224. Harry, what is right. what is your yeah. over-under record been in NBA picks this year? Yeah. Like, you were on a streak where you lost every over-under that you chose. I would say I, over I don't under eighteen percent. But I will say I will say that we're maybe maybe we'll cover it next <laughs> right. week or in the week coming up. But my over under Darren in the in hockey has not been bad. Been pretty damn good. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't ever talk hockey. What, what are you talking about? Waiting to talk. Me and Darren are chomping to the bit to Harry's talk hockey. Been, Harry has been good at his over unders in hockey. All right. But in basketball, I lose, I lose everything. I lose everything. I bet yesterday in the Timberwolves <laughs> game on the over. But I totally forget my play. My yeah, EP pick is the Capitals game against the Flyers to go over six and a half, and they wind up with eleven. I don't put nothing on. That. All right, there you go. So now we talk hockey. Are you happy? Yeah, we talk. <laughs> I'm happy. Listen, I'm the happy. NHL. We're, I love. I like talking hockey, but they're, they're screwed. Spaghetti, jump in here. Why, why are they two weeks behind the NBA this year? Is it because of the Olympics or or what? I don't. Yeah. Was it because of what was supposed to be with the Olympics? That that that's a screw job because we would have been talking hockey like last week in this. Yeah, there they they took a a, a mid like winter break or whatever they called it uh, in February. All right. Although I li- I, I like it. Do you? Say, I like having it by itself yeah, right now. I like the stat. Yeah. No, I guess it's fine. But I'm trying to think of content wise. We're gonna have to talk about this, and we're gonna be in the conference finals. You know, I, I don't know for for NBA. Uh, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll talk hockey. I feel yeah. like Shaq talks enough hockey um, well, about about the Islanders. I'll tell you, the Islanders-Penguins game was, considering the Islanders are out of it, it was a thrilling game last night. Thrilling. Yeah. The, the, awesome it always game. is going to be. The, the, I, I would like it, though. Spaghetti, I would like it if the Islanders beat up on the Penguins this year and your Rangers beat up on the – I don't know how much we could root for the Rangers, but wouldn't that be great? I mean, would Shaq ever shut up after that? Yes. No, of course he wouldn't. No, he, he just – it's it's really good. Like it's a taste of his own mess. Like I said uh, a few shows back, it's like Dave talked more crap than anyone. I'm like, I want to keep quiet, <laughs> let let my team do its job, and they took care of business. And then yeah, seeing like the Islanders uh, beat him up too. It's it's awesome. He'll just say it's on to football season or what, something. What like do that. you guys <laughs> on to football season? What do you guys Jesus. think that playoff series would be? Rangers Penguins. The line, yeah, spaghetti. I don't know meatballs. What do you guys think? Rangers like minus one. 30 minus one. I mean, they've outscored them 11 to four I know. I, this all, year. In all games. I'm thinking though, is I'm going to put a fucking ton on the Rangers in that series. Do you happen. think it'll be that low? I would be, I don't uh, know. because I, of the, the, the name the, recognition. Yeah, I just feel like the penguins get the benefit of the doubt sometimes. Yeah. But yeah maybe it the would pe- be minus minus one sixty. Darren, right? chime in here. We're talking hockey, Darren. Chime in. <laughs> yeah. What the hell happened here? This is a USFL podcast. Pens, Come on. The pens and the Rangers are both lucky that the honors aren't going to be there. The honors All will right. probably beat them uh, both. Babyface, what do you think about this with with Harry with the with the, with the hockey? It makes sense. I mean, he was over baseball. Now he's over basketball. So we want to talk hockey. All, right. All I want to talk is American Idol, though. Harry, <laughs> next week. Next week we have. Uh, I think Martin Weiss does an American Idol podcast. I can't keep track anymore. We can get our <laughs> our American Idol fix. All right, Harry, I'm jumping on with the Keldon uh, Johnson love. Uh, yep. Over twenty. But I, I, I thought this was very low. Over twenty two and a half points and assists. He gets close to that with just his points yes. in the last yeah, ten good. games or yeah. so. He has seven in a row where he's gone over this combined number. This is points and assists minus one fifteen over twenty two and a half. That's a good one. Uh, 33% from three. That was last year. Now he's 40%. He went from like 25th in the league. Uh, I'm sorry. He's 25th in the league now in three point percentage. And he was below average three point shooter. So he's improved his game. He's, uh, he's really the star in his team and they need him. If it, the Spurs are going to do as well as I think they are tonight, they're going to need him. And I think he goes over 22 and a half points and assists. Uh, Harry, what do you got? I'm going to take C.J. McCollum under three and a half threes at minus 170 for the Pelicans. Look, he's been he's been great in the past history in playoff games for Portland uh, scoring points, but only 10 of his last 11 playoff games overall. 
He's gone under three and a half threes since March 1st. He's played in 19 games, went over three and a half threes just four times and has gone under three and a half threes in three of the four meetings against San Antonio this season. All right. There you go. Uh, Parlay kid Murray over. Is that seven and a half rebounds? Yeah. um, I was going to go Murray over points, but I already kind of have that with my EP pick. I have him on EP. Uh, yeah. to be the highest scorer in this game, which I oh, really wow. really like this. Plus 290 for, for Murray hmm. to be the highest scorer. Extrapoints.com. Every single day, these guys give free uh, picks. Yes. Harry's, uh, Harry's secretly giving hockey over-unders, yes. but uh, Brian's been very, very successful. Brian's been As awesome. Chris H. Like almost 70% hit yesterday. since the uh, new year yeah. almost. So Except I lost best yesterday. In, best in the business right now. But yeah. So, Murray might be the most underrated player in basketball. Um, mm-hmm. He's averaging 21, nine and eight. This is a guy who's close to a triple double in his average. Uh, quite phenomenal right. um, against the uh, Pelicans this year too, for people have known in case you want to bet it, in two of the four games, he's had two triple doubles uh, against the Pels uh, this year, which is maybe good for uh, some of our listeners if they want to jump on that as well. So, yeah, instead of taking the points, I'm going to take his over seven and a half rebounds at minus 140 against the Pelicans this year uh, in four games. He has had 39 rebounds. So basically about 10 rebounds a game against this Pelicans team. He averages eight for the season. So he's usually goes over uh, this seven and a half. So we'll take Murray, this uh, fantastic young player that really uh, nobody talks about uh, over seven and a half rebounds. All right, brother Brian, you got a rebound total over. Yeah, and I will say I kind of like your Keldon Johnson as top score. It was like plus plus seven fifty. I kind of like that one. That, that's not that, bad either. I like that he's, too. He's had, that's he's, high. He's had a good stretch, and you don't know who's going to be the high score in this game, right? I mean, you got four high, or five right. guys exactly. that could be. But I have uh, Jacob Pottle at um, or Pottle at over. Well, it was over eight and a half rebounds, which sucks. It changed to nine and a half. I guess in the wow, since, went up a full since rebound. we did this recently. Um, but I like that. You know, he is, he is a, at times he can be a great rounder, uh, rebounder. He's kind of an un, mm-hmm. underrated guy kind of all season to go yeah. on, over this number. His last two games had 10 rebounds and 17 rebounds. Um, he's averaged 10 and a half rebounds per game against the Pelicans on the season. He's averaged mm-hmm. over 10 and a half rebounds per game over his last 11 games. And again, that's, you know, your minutes, you know, he's going to play more minutes tonight than he would have over the last 10 to 15 games, just because some of those games were blowouts. So, mm-hmm. Give me over nine and a half rebounds at plus 104. All right. There you go. And as we mentioned, we're racing to 10 tonight. Uh, Join us on Twitter. We'll do it. One of you uh, lucky followers will be joining us for real money. $50 will be playing for you. We have the Spurs, right, Parlay Kid? Plus 110 to score 10. Let's go with the Spurs. Plus 110. Let's go. Before the Pelicans. And really bet this, Harry. I don't want any, any bullshit about like Kansas. You didn't bet it last week. I know. I mean, I'm uh, glad I won. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, sounds very convincing. All right, I should mention in the NBA play-in tournament, there's no sure things except one. That's you bet at least $20 in same-game parlays on FanDuel Sportsbook, and you'll get an instant bonus, win or lose. That's right. Not only do you get to enjoy the NBA's best duking it out for the right to advance in the playoffs, but FanDuel's given all customers a bonus for getting in on the action. Oh, the more you bet, the bigger your bonus. Yes, FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. Their app is safe, easy to use, and you'll get your winnings fast. If you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, sign up today with promo code against the odds to make every moment more. Don't just watch the NBA play NBA play-in tournament. Be a part of it. Bet at least $20 in same game parlays and get an instant bonus win or lose. We threw a bunch out of you, right? We had a ton of props we could have done. Kelvin Johnson over 22 and a half points and assist. Uh, Portal over nine and a half rebounds. Murray over seven and a half rebounds. Do that. Put that on the same game parlay with the Spurs. Plus five and a half. You get close to eight to one odds on all of those. Go for it right now. Let's take a break and then we'll go over everything you need to know about the USFL this weekend and for the season. All right, USFL action this weekend. Here's what's going on. Fox is running it. They got eight teams, some familiar names. Jeff Fisher is going to be joining us. He's the coach of the Michigan Panthers. Todd Haley's been on a bunch of times before. He's the Tampa Bay Bandits head coach. Skip Holtz is in the mix there. We got some players you've heard of. Uh, Michigan has two quarters, Paxton Lynch and Shea Patterson. They got the local kid, Michigan's Shea Patterson. Harry is one of your favorites, right? 
Yeah. I mean, you you picked him for Heisman like three years in a row or something, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, listen, I I, I backed him when he was playing at Michigan. I even liked him when he played uh, before he went to Michigan when he played at Mississippi. I don't know that there's a line out there, but you have to have to have to bet him for MVP of this USFL season, right? <laughs> well, absolutely. And, I, and by the looks of uh, going up and down the rosters last night, uh, he might be. The, he's probably the best quarterback that's out there. All right. Well, hold on. There's a lot. There's a lot to go over. But by the way, there's new rules. I like I think I like a lot of these new rules. First of all, there's a chip in the ball or there's a chip in the first down marker or something. Must be a chip in the ball where we don't need a 75 year old progressive insurance uh, salesman who is a, a part time official to run out and eyeball it and put a chain up against it. We're going to have actual nice first down indications, oh, right? That's great. Brother, brother, kid, that's good. That's how they should do it. What are we waiting for? Well, the this, tennis is the best. It's going to be that technology, basically. Yeah, and this is the great thing about the USFL. I mean, one, it gives mm-hmm. us some football action at this time of the year, which is great. And the other yep. thing is, I definitely think the NFL might follow some of their innovations that will help the NFL game as well. So uh, this is a win-win Absolutely. all around uh, for everybody. And like I said, it's this is great for these young players who can showcase their talents. A lot of these guys just need... Uh, more reps. They need more practice time, more game yep. time uh, to maybe, you know, take that next step and in, into the NFL. So this is a win-win for everybody. I'm, I'm excited about this league. I'm excited. Yeah, it's good. And I do think these are some, uh, I'm going to go over some of these other rules. This is uh, the NFL has been toying with this onside kick, or you could take a fourth and 12 it. from the 33. That's, they, that's fun. Yeah. Right. They should how, do, they should do how, that. How great is that rule? How great is that rule? Fantastic. You don't like it, Harry? You're grunting. What's the matter? No, I like it. I like it. Am I grunting? I like it. I sure, didn't know why not. I couldn't it's read cool. your grunt. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I was, a, uh, I was a backer the last couple of years of the XFL, right? So uh, back in USFL too. Yeah. All right. And then two pointers, you could go for two pointers or three pointers from the 10 yard line. That's pretty cool too. Love so it. traditionally these lines are going to be off. So if you see three and a half or two and a half, like, uh, I don't know. You might see more one point games, right? With all the discrepancies yeah. with all the, the, Do you the really many different, see, um, I don't see anybody in this type of league. Would there be a really need to, unless, I mean, obviously it's late in the game or, or to kick an extra point. I feel like, I wonder if these guys yeah, are going to be know. more likely to be like, let's go for at least two, at least two. I, I don't know. I just feel like we're going to see more than a higher percentage of that than we would in say the NFL. That's I'm fine. trying to think why you'd have a kicker. I mean, I guess you have to kick off, right? But if you're well, onside kicks or now. I mean, the, the, yeah, right? the only thing that the kicker is going to be helpful, right? If somebody fails on one of those conversions and it's late in right. late the game and you're down six, obviously right. that, that yes. makes sense. But, yeah. I, but, I, but I agree, with, I agree yeah. with you early on in games. It's kind of like, why would you, why would you kick? All right. Now, listen, we're talking to Coach Fisher in a minute, but I'm taking the Tampa Bay Bandits to win the whole thing. Plus 450. I feel like they're a top two team after doing my research. Top two of eight getting plus 450. Sign me up. We've had Coach Halley on before. Jordan Tehamu uh, at Old Miss. He threw to DK Metcalf, yeah. AJ Brown, Dawson Knox, practice squad NFL player. That's their quarterback. Yep. In the XFL, he was like our third highest graded passer. Um, you know, I think if you if, if there's a USFL fantasy league, he's the quarterback, Harry. I don't know. If yeah. you look at this guy, um, you know, he he might be. He can run too, like, Sal. He can run. Yeah, he might do gimmick plays and everything. BJ Emmons is our guy uh, at running back. And I think they're doing like three wide receiver sets tentatively with Derek Willies and Derek uh, Dillon. Lots of Derek's. They, they got all the Derek's on this team. Um, uh, so I think, and not to mention, I know he failed in his attempt, Coach Halley. It was laughable at the time, but maybe he does get Antonio Brown by the end of the year. <laughs> That's he true. Coached Antonio Brown at Pittsburgh. <laughs> right. AB told him to screw off when he tried to reach out to get him in a, in a funny way. But there is that. I like the band that's plus 450. Yeah. Brian, are you with me or did you change your mind? No, I like I, I like them too. I, I think there's two teams you can go with, right? I think feel like it's Tampa Bay or Michigan in terms of when you look at, you know, coach yeah. QB combos, either you go Fisher and Patterson or Lynch, yeah. whoever it is, or you can go Haley mm-hmm. and, and Tamu. I, I do think Tiamu has is likely, I know Harry's talking about Patterson, he's in love with Patterson, but I think Tamu is likely <laughs> the best quarterback here. You know, you had said in the XFL, he put up, Fantastic, fantastic yes. numbers. Yeah. And yes. he was and he was really good his senior year at Ole Miss. 
Yes, um, he and was. he's been on a couple of different rosters. But yeah, to me, um, it's funny when you go back through these rosters, how you start realizing some of these, uh, you forget some of these players from four or five years ago in college, but it's uh, good to see some of them. But yeah, Tampa, I thought Tampa or Michigan, but I'm going to go with uh, Tampa. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Coach Coach Fisher. Yeah, well, Harry, or Harry's making up for it. Coach Fisher, uh, <laughs> not that Coach Fisher's going to care, but you're taking Michigan. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Michigan. Uh, I like again the quarterback situation with Shea Patterson and Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch, but <laughs> it didn't work out in the pros for him, but still put up big numbers at Memphis. He can run the ball too. Maybe like uh, they run, they play both quarterbacks in and out. I just like Michigan. I think they got just the best talent at quarterback. All right, Parley kid, you're back in Harris, so we're split. We're equally yeah, I split think there's two the things, I, or three Panthers. things yeah. uh, I'll say about this, and uh, I, I do like Tampa too um, because of the coach quarterback combination. I think the re- Tayama's the reason why Patterson left Ole Miss and, and went to Michigan. Uh, Tayama was yeah. uh, starting over Patterson there, from what I from what I believe. Um, seems like in a poll that was taken um, that I read about. That Michigan seems to the people there seem to be more excited about that franchise than any of the other franchises. Uh, so that's mm. good for them. Okay, it seems like everybody's got all the franchises do have some juice. Seems, seems like though that Michigan has the most juice. So uh, just from the sheer fan base, that could help them along. Uh, Fisher is a good coach, uh, and uh, I, I ultimately believe Patterson's the quarterback here. Uh, and Again, I think I think what's very valuable in this type of league is a quarterback that's like a dual threat uh, type of quarterback. Patterson is uh, can also uh, use his legs uh, in this type of league um, because I don't think I don't think quarterbacks are going to be necessarily uh, afraid to use their legs like they might be in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to use them more. So I think Patterson's going to succeed with that. Um, and so they do have a receiver on this uh, Michigan team named Lance Lenore who uh, was on the Cowboys roster for a few years as a special teams player and was a pretty pretty darn good receiver in the preseason for them. I think he'll be valuable for that franchise too. So let's take All Michigan. Right. Harry and I are on Michigan. You guys are on Tampa. Let's do it. It's going to be fun. Uh, let's get to the games. There's one Saturday night and then the other three are Sunday. Birmingham Stallions are a three-and-a-half-point favorite against the New Jersey Generals. I'm going New Jersey. Coach Mike Riley's coaching four leagues. He's got Steve Smith Sr. as his OC. Uh, Luis Perez is the quarterback from Texas A&M Commerce. He could sling it, though. In the senior year, he's only one of, th- one of only three players in any NCAA division to throw for 5,000 mm. yards. That was back in 2017. Mike Weber, Harry, talk, uh, Darren, talk about ex-Cowboys. He jumped around, uh, floated yes, around. That's right, running back. the squad. Yeah. Ohio State State running back, 24 touchdowns at Ohio State, up against Skip Holtz. I think the Generals take this one. Harry, predictably, is taking the total in this game. I'm going to take the under 42 and a half. Look, the last three times these two teams met. uh, Joking, joking. Uh, uh, Sal, you mentioned Luis Perez. I mean, 27 years old, played, did play at a small school at uh, Texas A&M Commerce, but before that he played – Community College in Chula Vista, California, at Southwestern College. I, I don't know how many points, how many drives he's going to be able to establish here. And plus the quarterback <laughs> for the Stallions, Alex McGough, uh, he fractured his collarbone in 2018 and hasn't played since. Meanwhile, defensively, Birmingham has Scooby Wright, who played uh, for the University of Arizona, standout linebacker there and played for the Cardinals in the pros. And they have cornerback Josh Shaw, who played many years for the Bengals, too. So I'm going to go under 42 and a half here, guys. Um, Jeff Schwartz, our friend Jeff Schwartz, uh, friend of the podcast, he wrote a piece for Fox Sports, foxsports.com. And um, I think for these early games, this week one games, he recommends taking the under in these. Mm. I mean, really, like you're kind of screwed if your quarterback can't uh, figure it out early in these um, in these other leagues. Just, uh, just saying that uh, the, when the XFL came back well, like two years ago, Sal, very beginning. Low score. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is nice. very, very different. Uh, USFL. All right, so New Orleans Breakers, two and a half point favorite. 42 and a half is the over under against the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Stars. Is that how you say it? Philadelphia Stars. I'm going Philadelphia. Uh, Brian Scott was a spring out league, spring league MVP twice. Threw for 1,000 yards, 10 touchdown passes in a season. He throws to a guy on Philadelphia. The guy's name is Brennan Eagles. And there's an eagle on the Philadelphia <laughs> nice. Stars. Right. Right. Uh, Went to Texas, 60 catches, 1,000 yards, 11 touchdowns. I like this team as a live dog. Two and a half could yeah. be the new three. 
Brother Bry, as we talked about with the the weird extra points and extra mm-hmm. two points and extra three points. So I'm taking the two and a half, which is essentially a, a field goal game. Yeah. And I'm taking the stars. You like New Orleans. Yeah, I like New Orleans. But you, you bring up a good point. I do wonder because you have a one, two, three option if these games are going to all end like one or, you know, yeah. by like one point. Somebody going there for and, yeah. I know. Uh, but we, we got to find, like Harry was saying with the unders or something, we... We have to find some trend and profit off of this uh, early in the season. We, we really have to make some money. But um, I'm going to go with yeah. New Orleans just because, uh, for the most part, I, I missed Larry Fedora. I, I actually was wondering where the hell he's been over hmm. the last few years. Um, but hmm. I was always kind of a fun coach to root for. He's, uh, um, he's gonna, he, he'll have this team kind of pumped up, ready to go, I feel like. And at QB, they have Kyle Slaughter, who's like – you know, when looking at all the other quarterbacks, I mean, we talked about Patterson, we, talk, we talked about Tiamu, you know, Sloter is one of, one of the better ones. You know, he had a couple of different uh, stints with a few different NFL teams over time. Um, of course, he was on Denver. I feel like every one of these quarterbacks has been on the Broncos at some point in time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, to me, um, just looking at some of the rosters and stuff like that, New Orleans seemed to have a little bit of a better roster. So I'll, I'll take that minus two and a half, although. All right, there you go. Now we get to uh, Sunday. I think this is noon Eastern. Michigan Panthers. We'll talk to Coach Fisher about this in a minute. Minus two and a half, 42 and a half against the Houston Gamblers. I got to take Michigan. We talked about it. Shea Patterson, Paxton Lynch. Don't know who started. Maybe we can get that info from Coach Fisher. They're throwing to Jeff Bennett. I believe he spent time with the Commanders. Well, no, they weren't the Commanders back then. But uh, the Vikings, he played at Oklahoma, almost 1,800 yards in college, 10 touchdowns. Houston... One thing to know, they didn't have a top two pick in any round Mm. until round 14. And the other thing to know is gamblers never win. And they're the Houston gamblers. Gamblers never win. Why would they start Sunday at noon Eastern? Harry, you're taking Panthers money line. I'm sorry uh, to bring you off the uh, total here, but you're actually taking a side, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Well, I'm still like I'm I'm laying the 150. I'm not going to lay any points yet. Let's let's not get too crazy laying points. I'm going to just have them to win, lay Mm -hmm. the 150. Uh, We talked about the quarterback situation. At, with Michigan, but with yeah. Houston, they've got two quarterbacks here. Kenji Bayar, who played football at Monmouth. I don't know a lot about him. And Clayton Thorson played at Northwestern. He was a fifth-round pick by the Eagles because yeah. of its uh, size, but he had knee surgery in 2018 and hasn't played football since. Give me the Panthers. All right, there you go. And then the last game, Bandits, minus four and a half. So this is the, the heftiest of all the spreads against the Pittsburgh Maulers. Joel, why should we, we be excited about the Pittsburgh Maulers? You were talking about this. You wanted us to back the Maulers. Well, of course. I mean, they have, uh, you know, former giant great Calaletta uh, quarterback, which probably means Josh Love is going to get the start, who uh, from San Jose <laughs> State was a Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Year. I mean, there there you go. By the and, way, uh, yeah. yeah. They talk about that. So this Kyle Aletta, uh, they're like, well, he has NFL experience. All right, here's his NFL experience. <laughs> oh, for five with an interception. That's his NFL experience. But I will say this spaghetti and, 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 uh, I'm not sure about spaghetti. I, I suspect, cause this is before I met spaghetti. I definitely know this is the case with Harry screaming that Kyle Aletta has to replace Eli Manning. Yeah, he screaming did. about he it. Did. He, he did. He did. Yeah. Uh, he, no, Loletta too. Didn't First, Loletta, it was, didn't uh, Loletta like a year and a half ago have some major issues like road rage with police too or something? Yeah. Yeah, there was something. Uh, spaghetti and whatever. You still wanted him over Eli. Yes, true. Very true. What was it, Spaghetti? What's the Kyle Loletta story? The traffic violation in Hoboken. That was it? Yeah, it was a traffic violation in Hoboken. There's like mer- a lane merger, like when highways, um, it's like an exit on-ramp weird scenario. My brother lives not too far from there, and he said that he knows exactly what happened to him, and it, it happens to a lot of people, and a lot of end up getting caught because uh, there's always like cops in that, in that spot. So he tried to uh, he tried to change lanes. This guy's Illegal, not covering yeah, four exactly. and a half. He's not covering the spread. Nah. Even drive a car. Uh, nah. I'm going with Todd Haley's team. because Kirby Wilson also has not been a head coach, the Maulers guy. I think he's the only one huh. in the USFL who's not been a head coach on any level. Uh, I talked Tampa up. Uh, they're my pick to win the whole thing. So uh, there you go. Jordan Tamu. I, I think it's going to be a dynamic quarterback coach situation yes. like the parlay kid said. So I'll lay the uh, the big points here. Four and a half. Parlay kid, you're going Yeah, with same thing here, Sal. I think uh, it's really... The coach uh, combination with the quarterback, Tayama, was very good in the XFL. Um, And so he, out of all these guys, really might have the most playing experience uh, at this um, higher level, if you will. 
Okay. And he also right. has spent time on the practice squad. Uh, uh, was he with the Chiefs? Uh, was that the practice squad he was with? And, if, uh, and my feeling is if he was with the Chiefs practice squad, this uh, this yeah. kid has learned a lot uh, as well, being around uh, the quarterback situation there. I, I think right. he's going to be uh, come. He'll be the one guy coming out, firing on all cylinders, I believe. So let's take Tampa Bay minus four and a half over the uh, Joel's team, the uh, Pittsburgh Maulers. Shame on you. Pittsburgh traffic uh, offender, traffic violators. That's what it should be. I don't know. Again, I didn't let this Man. guy back in the wow. league. Wow. All right, here he is. This is a great thrill. During his NFL coaching career, our next guest today helped rebuild and relocate so many NFL teams that HDTV should have given him his own show. Now he's doing it again as a head coach and general manager of the USFL's Michigan Panthers. Jeff Fisher, thanks for being here. My pleasure, guys. How are you doing? Good. I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this. Now that you're back, the head coaching, what happens to the cabin in Montana? Can we rent it out? Are you going to put it up on Airbnb or is that still going to be a getaway? That's a good question. Right now it's, it's covered in snow and you can't get in. So oh, really? I'll be up there watching anything else that happens during the summer. Okay. Now this is very exciting. Um, you have the the Panthers here. Now you have been you have an interesting perspective, I think, above all other coaches, because you've been the head coach of two teams that relocated. You know how to get a franchise up and running, building a team. Was there something specific in those experiences that you think helped prepare you for this? Well, it, you know, I you know for however many years, twenty years or so, you know, over the course of time. I was just that. I mean, not only was I the head coach, but, you know, you end up being a chief of staff and the director of football operations and you build facilities and help consulting, you know, with stadiums and such. But um, everything is pretty much in place here. Now, the day to day scheduling is a challenge. Keep in mind, particularly because we have, you know, eight teams under one roof sharing four different practice fields. But, you know, if you sit down, take the time, be patient, understand there's going to be some little bumps in the road. Um, you know, you're going to be OK. And that's where we stand right now. Everything is is in place. Uh, you know, we, we had some. Um, controlled scrimmages last weekend. We, we had a, a scrimmage uh, at Protective of the State where all these games are going to be played for the most part. Everything, everything went great. But the technology, technology with respect to this game and the production is, is off the charts. You know, they're comparing this and, and, you know, I'm hearing that this is going to be even better than a Super Bowl production for the opening weekend. So what that means is that, you know, we've got cameras all over the place. You've got sky cams, you got drones, you got, um, you know, you got uh, cameras and, and players' helmets. And, you know, there's just a lot of great angles and a lot of uh, opportunities for fans to interact with this game. Now, everybody's, for the most part, I think, ready. Um, the guys have the systems in, um, where they're resting up, gearing up for the weekend. And, you know, from a coaching perspective and purely a coaching perspective, really not quite sure what we have right now because we really haven't been able to compare ourselves to the other teams. We're going to find out uh, this coming weekend. And the one thing I can guarantee is going to be really exciting. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, Sunday, you kick things off. Uh, I do want to know, and then you mentioned the technology, and there's a bunch of new rules or rules that are different. I want to get your opinion on what you what you're in love with, what you're maybe not sure of, and what maybe you don't like out of the new rules. First of all, the technology well, you brought up. The first yeah. down marker in well, the ball. Let me talk on the rule changes just yeah. for a moment. Um, sure. After a score, after a touchdown, you know the offense has the opportunity to go over one, two, or three. Yeah, and great. Uh, the three-point attempt will be a fourth and ten from the ten-yard line. One shot, you get in, you get three. Um, you know, so that the, ch the scoring changed a little bit. The overtime going to the end of the game. Now the overtime is going to be different. It's going to be. It's been referred to as a, a hockey shootout, mm -hmm. uh, but in, in a lot of ways, and that it'll be just two-point play exchanges so you know you got a first round each team has a shot an opportunity to, to convert a two-point play you go to the next round and after the first one to you know to go to up to 2-0 wins in overtime and if it continues then they'll go to sudden death periods but it's all two-point plays uh it's not gonna be that long drawn out type of overtime um that, that we're all used to so i think that's exciting there's another change with respect to, to the kickoff the kickoff is going to be put in play for the most part because 
the kickoff line is going to be the 25 yard line. So you're not going to see a bunch of touchbacks. Uh, it's going to be a, a hybrid. It's going to be a combination of a live ball for 30 yards and then a punt actually after it goes 30 yards. So uh, you're not going to have a, a bunch of guys going after and trying to recover a right. kickoff 30 yards down the field. So, you know, that's all in the interest of player safety. I'm really anxious to see how that works out. And then, you know, we have a 35 second play clock, which is going to speed the game up a little bit. And, you know, a, a 10 minute halftime. So you don't have much time as a, as a fan, as a spectator to, you know, to do much other than, to, you know, maybe pour yourself another beer and get right back in front of the TV. Yeah. And uh, well, I want to get back to So let's break a couple of those down. Will you be going for three? I mean, I know you don't want to give out your well, game I think, plan. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, from uh, an analytics standpoint, that remains to be seen. You know, mm-hmm. what you can do, however, is not to keep this in mind. If you're down a score, you know, and you and you go for three and you convert, you know, you just cut that thing to, to nine or you take in a nine point, uh, you know, lead in the thing. So, right. you know, the scoring, the numbers are going to be different. Um, it's all going to really be dependent on, you know, how as coaches we feel, what our chances are to execute the play, mm-hmm. you know, fourth and fourth and goal from the 10 it's 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 easier said than done but you know if you're if you're in a system play calling where you're in a rhythm where there's an issue on you know on the defensive side of the ball i feel like you can get in then i i think you'll see teams going for it the other thing that i that i, I didn't mention was um after any score and that would include um you know a safety um, you know, by by an offensive team, but after any score at any time during the game, the team can elect one to kick the ball up, as I mentioned, from the twenty-five yard line, or two to uh, exercise their their you know their onside kick option, if you will. The ball be placed on the thirty-three yard line. It'll be fourth and twelve. If you reach the forty-five, you make you you keep possession of the ball. If you don't, the defense takes over at the end of that play. So it's an opportunity to keep the ball wow. away from, you know, from your opponent. It's an untimed down. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, if you do convert uh, your fourth and 12, say you pick up the first down, you got the ball at the 46 yard line, that previous down was on time. Um, you, you basically could, um, you know, push that ball down the field and score with, with it out time running off the clock. So, I mean, it's an interesting uh Concept is it relates to two things: one player safety, you eliminate the onside kick thing and those and those wrecks that take place uh, right at the recovery of the ball. But two, it creates excitement, enthusiasm, and um, a lot of strategy behind the you know the fourth and twelve uh, election. Yeah, that's the on the onside kick, fourth and twelve. I know the NFL toyed with maybe putting that in play, but boy, you know, I hear you go over these new rules, and I was reading them, and it really, it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like you have like 150 more decisions to make than you would in an NFL game. This is a lot harder for you than it would be in the NFL, right? Well, yeah. I mean, assuming that you can score touchdowns, if you can't get the ball in the end zone, you're not having yeah, you're not facing true. those decisions. Yeah. <laughs> but if you get the ball in the end zone, then at least we have options. I right. think you'll see a lot more uh, two-point plays uh, mm-hmm. than you would have. Normally, out of a you know out of a college game or an NFL game, uh, particularly because um, you know a lot of these teams have uh, one kicker uh, who's doing both the kicking and the punting, and I think some teams may say, you know, we got a better chance of getting this ball in the end zone than we do kicking that extra point from the 15 yard line. And I don't mean that as, as being disrespectful to our kickers, but you know, we want the ball, we want possession of it, we want to score. Points and that's right. And so all these new rules, but you still have the mustache. It, it's a goatee now, if I could, if I'm looking at it right. No, huh? I cleaned up. I cleaned up for you guys. It's a little gray, but I cleaned up for you guys. Do you have the most famous mustache in in all of football? We were trying to th- look, think about this. You know, you guys have to do your research. Uh, there was a time period there where I was actually embarrassed when at the gate as the fans came in, then uh-huh. St. Louis and in Tennessee, they handed out mustaches on a stick. So okay. I actually have one. Next time you guys invite me on, I'll show it to you. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, I was trying to go. I know Joe Namath had one. There's been a few, I think, but I think yours is uh, the most prominent. Um, all right, Harry has a question for you. Um. You know, bear bear with us. He's new at this, but go ahead, Harry. <laughs> hey, co- hey, coach. Hey, listen. Shea Patterson, Paxton Lynch are your two quarterbacks on the Panthers roster. Now, Lynch was a first round pick by the Broncos, but it didn't work out for him. So, is it Paxton or Patterson 
Who's impressed you more? Don't answer that, Coach. Of don't you don't have to cause trouble in the, in the hey, locker room. Of course, you're going to ask me who my starting quarterback is seven, six days before the opener. And what do you think I'm going to tell you? They're right. both going to play. How's that? Uh, they both play. You know, we're going to we'll tip our hat later on in the week. They're both having a great camp. Keep in mind, it's only been a couple of weeks. And yeah. so, you know, we, we've got a small roster. It's hard to put them in competitive situations and, you know, to where one guy could really, you know, take the lead over the other. So I'm really pleased with the progress. They're two different types of quarterbacks. They're, they're, they're good leaders. They're exceptionally smart with respect to executing the offense. They're both going to play, you know, in my mind, as it also is the case in a lot of the other positions, you know, whether you're a starter or not, you're, everybody's going to play. I, I, I apologize for that. Harry's a troublemaker. He's a mixer. And you didn't have to answer that. I do want to ask though, when you guys did the draft, you did it by position, right? Uh, we did the, yeah, the initial draft was by position. Um, we started with the quarterbacks and we went to tackles and guards and then jump over defensive ends. So that was the initial draft. And, and then the supplemental draft was a wide open draft that everyone's used to just to fill out your roster. But the roster size right now is 45 guys. We'll have an active and inactive list uh, that will be declared later in the week. Probably expect that list to come out somewhere in that. 48 hours before kickoff. And then that way you guys will have a, an, an idea who's playing, who's not. And a lot of that is injury, injury related. So we'll have a list for you guys, uh, you know, a couple of days before the game. And then we're going to find a way to get through a game with, you know, 37 players yeah. or 38 players on a game day roster, which is challenging, which means you got starters on special teams, backups, ends up starting and um, got a lot of stuff going on, but Overall, um, I do want to take just a second to talk about the player. Uh, the player that we all have, 35, 45 of them now, they're great young men. They, they're really, really excited about their opportunity to showcase their abilities, um, you know, to be productive on the field with the hope that someday this translates into something better for them. Well, that's nice. And, uh, nice. and without stepping on the field yet, it's looking like you have two of the more prominent quarterbacks, right? Jay Patterson and Paxton Lynch. So that's a that's a nice start. Well, well head start. Uh, I don't know. You guys need to do a little bit more research on some of the other quarterbacks. <laughs> I'm a, a little nervous uh, with respect to the opener and for the first couple of games is because we just really haven't seen. Uh, you have an idea who's on the roster. You can go back and look at some college tape or, or an alternate league tape yeah. and see what they've done. Look at the skill set, but we haven't seen them live. Don't know how they're going to be deployed. So, you know, there's that uncertainty that's going to go into um, a lot of the games early on in the season. All right. You know what? I think you're doing too much research. How do you like that? <laughs> I, I think I'm doing just enough. Well, no, I, I do want to ask just you before we let you go. players informed, that's all. Of course. <laughs> uh, your former team, the Rams, finally got over the hump. They won the Super Bowl. Did Sean McVay or Les Need ever reach out to you, or did you reach out to them? Well, what was that conversation uh, like? I, I reached out to, to Les and to the staff. Uh, wish them luck. The first time they went, and they came up short. And, um, you know, obviously I was pulling for that group. There's still many players on that team that we brought into that organization. I'm happy for Stan Kroenke and, and Kevin Demoff and the rest of the organization. It's hard thing to do, number one, but it's even harder when you're going to do it in your own backyard and things fell into place yeah. uh, very nicely for them this past year. I don't know if you saw this week, an L.A. Times reporter tweeted that Les Snead admitted you were a big fan of Bobby Wagner, who's now on the Rams, going into the 2012 draft. And has he since apologized to you? Is that Bobby or Les? Uh, I think Les. <laughs> I mean, if, uh, now he brings him on a decade later. I, um, I watched Bobby in person at Auburn. My son was playing at Auburn at the time. Mm -hmm. I was a dad, hat on backwards, watching watching Bobby uh, at Auburn, he stood out and I thought, surely we have this guy on our draft board. And, you know, in, in retrospect, he wasn't as high as we would have liked. Um, we were just getting started there. Uh, we were between draft evaluation systems and sometimes guys fall between through the cracks, but um, ultimately uh, Bobby's in a good place right now. And he had a great career with the Seahawks. Um, you know, he's one of the, better offense or defensive players at that position have played this game in a long time. He's Ray Lewis-like in his world. 
Do you ever envision the USFL uh, being like a feeder system? Like for like you guys being a feeder system, say for the Detroit Lions or like a minor league, say, uh, for the NFL. I'm always curious why the NFL hasn't really explored that option of having minor league teams for each franchise. Is that something that this could lead to possibly so down I, the road? At this point, uh, I can't comment on that. I do know that, uh, you know, the the NFL was uh, the driving force behind NFL Europe, and um, that was right. a success for a while. Basically, right. you've got a lot, you have a player pool uh, that lacks playtime, reps, et cetera. And, right. and right. that's how you develop players. But this is, uh, this is our baby. Uh, this is a new and exciting venture for everybody associated with it. And I'm sure the NFL is going to look at some of the rule changes and things like that, um, the modifications. and uh, But no, the two are two completely separate entities at this point. Gotcha. All right. There you go. Jeff Fisher. Well, that was fun, guys. Right. I think that's yeah, got to be our team. I know we had Todd Haley on, um, but, you know, uh, we're going to be sluts about this. Yeah, we have it's, to, it's yeah. weird that we're not uh, rooting for the gamblers, though. I know. Yeah. That is a little strange. <laughs> and now and now you guys want to now you guys want to jump on Shea Patterson's back. huh? Okay. Yeah, you're right. Well, we'll see if he's starting Harry. You try to get it hey, out of him. I know. Wow. I mean, I, honestly, he did not seem happy with that question. <laughs> Once again. Once I again, said, I didn't say who was starting. I said who was more impressed by. Oh, he was even worse. Great, he was in a great mood until you asked it's him that. True. Seriously, that, was that, even that worse. really who you most that impressed took the by. Tone, the Let me tone start was, trouble in the locker room six days before the season starts or four days before. Unfreaking. Uh, by the way, he said I didn't do my research either. Twice he said that to me. I thought, <laughs> I'm pretty I sure he was talking to Harry about the oh, research thing, right. Sal. There I'm pretty know. sure because I have a feeling there's another guy on that roster as a quarterback that might be better than both of them. Yeah, Harry just never. Looked them up. We really should look at that roster. I know. I just <laughs> looked at the names. There's only, there's only two. Seth, I, I looked is, up the roster. There's two quarterbacks. Yeah. This is where your son, Jack, he could get himself into this league right well, now. Well, I told this him is this where, is what he should do. We can go this, to games and everything. You know, this it's Fox is, Yeah, this Let's is something it. where, right, yes. All right. That'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds for Spaghetti and Meatballs and Babyface Joel Solomon, the degenerate trifecta, and the great coach, Jeff Fisher. I'm Sal saying so long. And happy handicapping.